This is The Topic is Trek, episode 152, for Friday, January 12th, 2024. Coming up in this episode, it's been a hot minute, time for more Trek movie rumors. We take more wild guesses about Star Trek. Avast! There'll be a Trek novel being reviewed real soon. All that and more, right now on The Topic is Trek. Glory Days. Welcome to The Topic is Trek, the podcast that runs on impulse power. Join us for a journey where no show has gone before. If it has to do with Star Trek, there's a good chance we'll talk about it. Sooner or later, because on this show, The Topic is Trek. Engage already. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another thrill-packed edition of The Topic is Trek. I think I broke Craig for a second there. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm Clinton, one of your Topic is Trek co-hosts. And speaking of Craig, beaming, he's beaming in to join us from parts unknown with the hip new catchphrase that's bound to be all the rage. So, beam him in. Do we have to? Yes. I drink your milkshake. Well, <laughs> we would have been better off with what we were talking about before he came on. Even oh, the milk yeah. turns chocolatey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got to talk about this album art here. Oh, wait. First, you got to say- Oh, that's what I was laughing also, at, actually. Also joining oh, us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, by the way, the person that's also talking is Mr. Craig, uh, Mr. Chuck Tomasi here. Yeah. Getting all yeah, this opening artwork. If you're not watching the video, what people, you are missing out. We've got Where'd you get that. We've got Riker and Troy riding scooters through the hallway of something. Okay, I'm guessing this was AI generated. Yeah, I'm having some fun with with uh, with with the AI art. So this is I had to think of something for glory days, you know. And so they've, yeah. that's the, their biker phase they were going through. Okay, yeah, these are these are like mini motorcycles. Hey. If there's enough so to give it the tell that it is AI, like. Troy's dress that's normally kind of off kilter, you know, asymmetric is not quite right. Really? He's got extra yeah. fabric on the right-hand side. The well, hallway is a little curvy and I'm not sure what the walls are supposed <laughs> to represent unless they're walking through Mr. Atos's library or something. You know, you know what's funny is if you look at it, it looks like they're going through a hallway, but if you look at the top, it looks like parts of the bridge truncated. It, it kind of, yeah, conver the, the lights on the ceiling converge instead of. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks kind of weird. That's why I'm saying you there's know, enough little tells in here to go, yeah, that's AI. And you know. But it's uh, lovely. I love it. When you first look at it going, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what streaming channel it was, but they keep showing this ad for, mm -hmm. with Matt, Matthew McConaughey. And he's talking about, hmm, if AI is the new Wild West, data must be the new gold. And he starts walking. He's in a cowboy outfit at first, but when he starts walking, it looks like AI. You know, his boots are backwards and things are <laughs> creepy like, like that. That's, six hands and that's what that reminds me of. Wait, <laughs> like Troy's data, outfits like kind of got a weird. You mean data from next generation is the new gold? I guess gold, so. He had gold right. eyes. 
That's what they meant. Ah, uh, see. Yeah. yeah. Data is. Did the, the commercial end with him saying, all right, all right, all right? Because if it didn't, what, what's the point? He did not. McConaughey. He did not say that. Wow. But it is opportunity. I did think it was funny when he was compl- contemplating AI and data. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we have something to compl- uh, contemplate right now. It's whether or not we're going to get the okay to do our subspace chatter. All right. So. Well, did you talk about the. the- TOS and TNG movies. Oh, well, yes. Uh, a, a quick note for those of you who didn't listen to the last episode of the topic of Trek or weren't here for the live show. We did warn you granted he had like three days notice, but that all of the TOS and TNG movies have once again left. Yep. I'm on plus to go to max. And, uh, I just don't think it's the last time it's going to happen. Um, did, uh, I, I'm, I know you said all, but did the motion picture also move the, the director's yeah, cut? Everything I, except I for checked. the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. Okay. Movies. You were warned. <laughs> I, very, very dramatically. Uh, well, speaking with that echo, that's a great time. Because now I'm going to have to ask, uh, Charlie, is it okay if we do some subspace chatter? I yeah, I maybe. Yeah. You don't need all that subspace chatter. And excellent, excellent, excellent. Rare form tonight. Yeah, this this New Year's starting off great. Hey, at least he's, uh, you know, consistent. No, that's true. He's got that going for him. Yeah. All right. So for more, for for more. (laughs) Look like Charlie's face. He was doing the Jack Klugman thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's murder, Sam. I'm telling you, murder. (laughs) Right. So for moist fans. Moist fans? Moist fans? That's not right at all. <laughs> Don't For most say that fans, way. the battle between Star Trek and Star Wars is not a thing. But for the media in Hollywood studios, it is very real. That's why we're suspicious when following stories that hit the internet just one day apart. So on Tuesday, January 9th, Disney announced the Star Wars would be returning to the big screen in the near future within the form of the Mandalorian and Grogu film. Oh, I thought it was Mandalorian and Giorgio. No wonder I was confused. Yeah, that's that why you're confused. Good. Yeah. And then the next, the very next day, the very next day, January 10th, deadline.com broke the news that Paramount pictures was engaged with director Toby Haynes, uh, uh as the new director for a, a new Trek movie that would be set decades before the events of the JJ Abrams, 20, 2009, Star Trek film. Okay. Uh, mere coincidence? Well, perhaps, but such Maybe. coincidences sure do happen an awful lot in Hollywood, as I'm sure you know. One might think the studios tried to draw the attention away from their competition with announcements like these. I that you know, Somebody leaks something and somebody makes a report about it and just kind of steals the thunder. I'm That's sure, crazy talk. Yeah, I'm sure there's not much to that. Well, although... Uh, that said, let's talk about this proposed new Star Trek film, shall we? Because it's it's a thing now. This would be Toby Haynes' first time directing a feature film. But he's no stranger to directing science fiction and fantasy. After all, he's directed episodes of Doctor Who. Hmm. Recently, Haynes was the main director for the Disney Plus series Andor. Mm-hmm. He was also the director of a very, very Star Trek-inspired episode of Black Mirror. I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, not seeing. <laughs> yeah. Pass. 
where his knowledge of and love for Trek was on full display. You're up, Chuck. According to Deadline, the screenwriter tapped to work on the project is Seth Graham Smith, whose credits include writing Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, I love that book. As well as the original Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. This guy's all over history, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He knows the facts. And, of course, the movie adaptation. Graham Smith also wrote the screenplay for the Lego Batman movie. It was a really good film. Yeah, You can see how those all mesh together is, you know, very similar. Yep. Yeah. Very As similar. of this recording, there does not appear to be any official announcement from Paramount on this news. So, all this must mean that the Kelvin Timeline Trek movies are done, right? Absolutely. No. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, not exactly. In addition to producing uh, this new Prime Timeline Trek movie, Bad Robot is still working on the Paramount, uh, working with Paramount, excuse me. They're working on the Paramount. They're trying to get to the top. Uh, to bring the fourth Kelvin first movie to the big screen. It is rumored that the movie will mark the end of the alternate timeline films. Mm-hmm. So great. That's all. That's all wonderful. What in the world could possibly upset all these Trek plans? I'm sure you're asking. Another pandemic, Our, a strike. Darth, Darth Vader. Yeah, all those things could definitely do it. But <laughs> let us introduce you to the latest rumor regarding the fate of Paramount Global. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Sundance Media, a Santa Monica, California-based production company, is considering making an all-cash bid for national amusements. Hmm. If you live in the Northeast United States, you're probably familiar with the Showcase Cinema chain that is run by National Amusements. Full disclosure, I worked for Showcase for a few uh, jobs in the past. Yeah, there was an usher and a cleaner, but that, that's not beside <laughs> the point. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's true. Anyway, National Amusements, run by Sherry Redstone, is the majority stockholder in Paramount Global, owning a whopping 80% of the voting stock. By purchasing National Amusement from Redstone, Skydance would effectively control Paramount. Hey, by the way, Clinton, all work is honorable. Just saying. Yeah, but there's things you just don't need to put on your resume anymore. (laughs) Oh, I I have everything there. They're so far gone. It's it's invaluable. In fact, it might be a liability at this point. (laughs) Clinton's resume is like 12 pages long. And then I went to, I worked at a drive-in. Yeah. I used it to prop up the other resumes that I actually read. <laughs> Skydance Media, founded in 2006 by David Ellison, yes, the son of the big man of Oracle, co-founder hmm. Larry Ellison, and owner of the Hawaiian Island, is no stranger to working with Paramount. They held a co-production and co-financing deal with Paramount in 2009 to 2021. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. In fact, there were co-producers on Star Trek Into Darkness and Star Trek Beyond. All that said, if this deal were to happen, there is no doubt that every project currently in production would be reviewed and possibly pushed back or even canceled. What? So stay tuned. I think that was an opportunity for your reverb. I was going to say, that that's when you want to have that. Canceled. canceled. <laughs> Okay, enough of that. How about some concrete news? How about that, right? Some concrete good news. So congratulations from everyone here at The Topic is Trek to Terry Metalis for picking up 
the Astro Award for Best Writing in a Streaming Drama Series for his teleplay, The Last Generation, episode of uh, episode three of Picard. The awards are presented in ho- by the Hollywood Creative Alliance. And congratulations to Jerry Ryan as well for her win in the Best Supporting Actress in a Drama Series category for her portrayal as Seven of Nine, Seven of Nine in Picard. There was actually a tie-in to this category, uh, so we would all we also send our congratulations to Elizabeth uh, Debekic, Debek Debekic, uh, for who portrayed. Uh, who portrayed Princess Diana in the sixth season of The Crown? Debicki, I believe it's Debicki. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. Okay, Witwicky, Witwicky from the Transformers. Now, <laughs> well, I did not know that. It's that she should put it on her resume. Yeah. Anyway, so we still don't know exactly when season five of Star Trek Discovery is going to premiere, but. If you happen to be going to South by Southwest in March and have a platinum badge at a mere, hmm. like, I think $2,000 or a film and TV badge, only, I think, uh, $1,300, you'll be <laughs> able to see episode one of the season during a special presentation. The exact date of the session, as well as any confirmed Discovery attendees, is yet to come. However, one thing we did get is apparently the synopsis for the episode. Ooh. Okay. It says Captain Burnham and the USS Discovery are sent to retrieve a mysterious 800 year old Romulan vessel under the artifact uh, until the artifact hidden inside is stolen, leading to an epic chase. Meanwhile, Saru is offered the position of a lifetime and Tilly's efforts to help pull her uh, and Tilly's efforts to help pull into a pull her into a tangled web of secrecy. Oh. So we 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 now know that Tilly is back. Of course, we kind of knew that. Yay! Anyway, uh, so when we hear more about when this session is going to be and who's going to be there, of course, we'll let you know. And I'm hoping this means that it will be the beginning of April because you can only keep people silent about, you know, yeah, right. They got to long. They got to let people know when it's coming to start anticipating it. So, okay, let's speculate what the artifact hidden inside the Romulan ship is. Well, we know it's that um, cloaking it's device. Orgon. It's that wooden thing. So, that... Orgon. Yeah. It looks, like a, it looks like a giant Rubik's Cube. So, there's something clearly inside of that. That might be the Horgon inside there. I don't know. Saru's yeah. offer of a lifetime is host of Jeopardy. Uh, no, I think Ken's there for a while. Although for 900 plus years. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, Alex Trebek was there for about 800, but so it's, it's plausible. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I checked my mail today. I didn't see any platinum badge. Did did y'all get one? Uh, I, I I have one and I, I might not be able to use it, but I'm going to sell it on eBay if I can. I dropped mine in the church collection plate. Clinton, the one you have is from. Uh, a convention back in 2003. <laughs> well, that's beside the point. <laughs> when it was still affordable without mortgaging right. your home. Uh, yeah. All right, let's move on. To show how fast right. things are moving in the Star Trek universe, until today, the following story was going to lead off our subspace chatter. Well, the interwebs have been buzzing bzz, 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 bzz. about a potential new Star Trek The Next Generation movie. 
Mm. That's because while making an appearance on Josh Horowitz's Happy, Sad, Confused podcast to promote his new <laughs> memoir, Make It So, Sir Patrick Stewart revealed the following news. And I'm not doing this in his voice anymore. No. I heard only last night about a script that's being written, but written specifically with the actor Patrick to play it. And I've been told to expect to receive it within a week or so. And I'm so excited because it sounds like the kind of project where the experimentation that I want to do will be essential for this kind of material. Oh, by the way, Patrick Stewart just called. He was he was in the confused uh, part of that podcast. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, look at the time. That's Sir Patrick. Get back to my show. All right, but but that's about it. So Sir Patrick does comment a bit later on what would be a next generation project, not a Picard continuation. Uh, that but there would really aren't there really aren't any specifics, and it's not known uh who commissioned the script or even who wrote it, I guess. Uh, so this wasn't so much of a movie announcement as a heads up that Sir Patrick is getting some reading material. That's why we had to bump it down a few pegs because you know, you know, sorry, Patrick. And we have a we have a guess here from uh the uh the chat about what's the artifact is. It's the oh. external hard drive holding the Moriarty program. Oh, the little the, green cube that's sitting inside the gray stand. Ooh, sure. We could do that. That's from Jared Cooper. So we get to see him again, maybe. Yeah, yeah for this up, shall we? Not not Sir Patrick. We're talking <laughs> about Moriarty. Once this guy gets started, he just blah 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 blah. That's right. All right. That is all the stories we're going to cover. We were actually had several more in the hopper, but they kept getting pushed down and pushed down and pushed down by all this new stuff coming in. Uh, I've got to clean up the section that has our links. One of them was going to be about some of the people from Canada who were launched as part of the, um, the Peregrine flight that was going to the moon. Um, so that is probably not a great story to cover right now because that whole thing kind of, has gone awry, if you will. Um, but we we do have other stories in there, uh, including um, some passings, including David Soul, who was in an episode of Original Trek, classic Trek episode, uh, the um, the one with Vol, where he was the young person who was going to learn, you know, what what, what uh, mating and all that stuff was about. It's uh, oh my, yeah, oh my, indeed. Uh, so that those notes are in there, and plus a, a ton of other things, all all different aspects of Trek. We've got stuff from the TV shows, the movies, lots of things that I lump under uh, miscellaneous.
wrapped in with stuff that happened on lower decks and stuff that's been happening on prodigy. Yep. So, so I think that that makes sense that those are the stories that people are interested in hearing stuff about as prodigy, uh, prodigy as well in there. And uh, we're still hoping we're st- that's another one. We're waiting to find out when is season two of prodigy going to drop on Netflix. Yeah. And if they're going to split it up or how they're going to drop it. And we, we don't even know if they're going to give us all episodes at once. Right. Right. So that's, that's yet to come. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the part of the show that I really enjoy. That's when I get to say <clears throat> goodbye, Charlie. I want to stay, 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 stay. No, no, <laughs> you're, you're, you're out of here. Yeah. There he is. Bye. Bye. Fading out. He's looking a little thin. He is. Yeah. He is. Well, it, it's the, it's 2024. He's got a new diet. Yeah, the see-through the, diet, uh, yeah, the, the translucent diet. The translucent diet. He's like one of those little goldfish you buy at the at the pet store that you can see through. All right, it's time to go on our uh, main mission with an appropriate sound effect. Let's All see, right, um, that'll work. <laughs> right. This time around, we're going to be talking about the first of our new round of uh, reviews of Star Trek novels. Um, Craig was the one who initiated this. He got uh, Star Trek novels for us and gave them to us at Dragon Con right. the year before last year, right? In 2022. Yep. And he presented us with three new books this time around. And so he is kicking off the reviews of them. And then uh, next episode, I'll be doing mine, which is a, a Voyager book. And we'll talk, I'll give you the title of that one at the end of, uh, of the episode here. And then a couple of weeks after that, Chuck will have his. And then it begins all over again at Dragon Con when we get some new books. But first, That's we right. need to properly prepare you through the Atavacron. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Now, now because you're going to have to, uh, guide us through this. Would you like um, one of us to give the background information on the book that I? Yes, please. Okay. While I get my notes in order here. But okay, yeah, uh, Chuck, you want to? Uh, sure. Give a read there. Simon Hawk was born Nicholas Valentin Yermakov, <laughs> but began writing as Hawk in 1984. He later legally changed his name to Simon Hawk. <laughs> He has written several science fiction and fantasy novels and novelizations, as well as near-future adventure novels under the pen name J.D. Masters, and a series of humorous mystery novels. Hawk has written three Star Trek paperbacks, one set in the TOS era, and two, including this story, are next-generation adventures. You want the synopsis, too? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's the part we were looking for. Well, I was getting to that, but, you know, we had to learn about Valentin Yonimakov. Go ahead. (laughs) Protecting the newly independent planet of Catral, Captain Jean-Luc Picard and the crew of the Enterprise intercept a rogue ship's attack and uncover a deadly secret that could result in a new age of oppression. Okay. And I have not read this book. I asked Craig, who are some of the people in this story 
Yeah. And so in the in the spirit of that opening image that I had, I've I've generated a couple of images that I'm sure have nothing to do whatsoever with what's actually going on in this story, but I may throw them in from time to time as we discuss. Okay. Uh, the Blaze of Glory. The Blaze of Glory story. Boy, that's a, that's a rhyme right there. <laughs> Next time on Star Trek, The Next Generation. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, get, I, I got a slight different, slightly different synopsis, but I'm going to read it. I'm going to read through it there. anyway. So the USS Enterprise is, is assigned to the planet Control, a planet just coming out from under the heel of a barbarous suppression. When the planet's newly emerging freedom is threatened by a rogue ship, attacking the Federation shipping. Captain Jean-Luc Picard and his crew put their lives on the line to predict, uh, predict to protect Catral from the raids. But the planet itself holds a deadly secret, one that could lead the res- to the res- uh, resurgence of the dis- uh, despotic cruelty they have suffered for centuries. When the, when the timing, when the time, uh, with time running out, Captain Picard must see his way past a maze of Deadly deception with billions, billions with B of lives hanging in the balance. Billions and billions. Now, before we go any further, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that if you're watching the live feed and I have up the cover of the Star Trek Blaze of Glory um, paperback, and it has a typical thing where you have one character kind of prominent and a secondary character. So we see... Picard up front, and then we see Data, and then I'm really confused. Why the <laughs> the original Enterprise? Yes, because we have a <laughs> 1701 Enterprise in there. So I'm sure that Craig, you will address this at some point as we're yes. going through this. Okay, because yeah, uh, that is actually the USS Glory ah. um, is what we're looking at. So it's not the Enterprise, but it's a constitution. Uh, constitution. A constant. Uh, convoluted. Yes. Yeah, constitution class ship that was uh owned by well here i'll go through it and i'll get to it in a second so anyway yeah. so yes it's totally different it's not the okay. enterprise it's the Whew. it's the glory uss oh US. hence the title blades of glory sort of and you'll see where blaze comes from in a minute they went ice so skating. the enterprise is sent to the planet control uh near the romulan neutral zone um and they're going to deal with a, a a pirate that has been di- uh disrupt disrupting the shipping in the area. Kim Cattrall. Uh, yeah, he is called Blaze, but it's not really uh it's not really his name. It's Double A or uh what was it? Uh oh, where was I don't uh, think that's the right pirate ship, Clinton. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it what is. What are you looking at? Oh <laughs> yeah, that's it. Somebody's that's having it. too much fun with the AI. <laughs> um uh it, he is called Blaze and has a uh dis- has a constitution class special at his disposal. Oh, uh, Blaise, so he is blaze of the ship of glory. glory. Right. Okay. Yes. Right. Oh, wow. So blaze's ship, uh, even it even has a cloaking device, believe it or not. Like no constitution class has had a, um, cloaking device before. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Except when Kirk stole one. And- yeah. Except for that one time. So uh, it's installed and it manages to damage the Enterprise in a sneak attack. So uh, Jadron, this is where I had a problem with the book, was trying to get through all the names that had apostrophes because there was no shortage of that. So <laughs> Jadron, uh, the overload, overlord of Catral, 
seemers reluctant reluctant to offer assistance to in capturing Blaze, the hmm. captain um, uh, of the Glory. So Picard becomes suspicious. He he sends Riker in the forge and Lieutenant Dorn. Yeah, Lieutenant Dorn. <laughs> which not actual photos, by the way. It actually looks like Riker, doesn't it? Right there. Um, Lieutenant Dorn uh, down to uh, as uh, to kind of infil- infiltrate this pirate group that's um, that's kind of ha- uh, hammering this whole area. So Lieutenant Dorn is a security officer from Starblaze or Starbase uh, Thirty Seven, uh, and they he sends them all on an undercover mission. Is that uh, is 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 the Starbase? Why is why is this person is is it nearby? I mean, was she just hang, hanging a ride to get there or something? I think or? she would. They were actually. She. I think, if I'm not mistaken, she was on the ship going to another place. She was from Starbase Thirty Seven. Ah. So they're taking her somewhere else. So anyway, uh, Riker LaForge and Lieutenant Dorn, uh, they are posing as disgraced spacers and pirates, um, you know, to kind of infiltrate Blaze's crew. So Picard becomes uh, convinced that Jadron is in league with Blaze. Unfortunately, the only man that can uh, that can stop all this you know, the, the turmoil that's going on Picard. is a war hero named oh. General Hadron, another posture name. Oh, my. Yeah. So the general, however, refuses to believe. Can I buy uh, a vowel? Yeah, I know. Right. He refuses to believe anything bad about his son. His son is actually um, the Hadron uh, who ah. is running the whole place now. The, this new uh, civilization in the Federation. So is he, is he, um, uh, is he a, um, a benevolent ruler that was elected or just like he's in charge of the place? Well, Hadron had turned everything over to his son to because he was getting older, you know, and he was like, okay, I need to pass the torch. Cause I mean, a planet's a big thing to be like the boss of the entire planet. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right. So, um, anyway, let me, let me keep going here. Mm-hmm. So Picard hoping that he can convince Hadron the truth of what's going on, which the truth is the Romulans are trying to, since this is near the neutral zone, they're trying to convince Federation that the Hadron is in league with the Romulans that they would get expelled from the Federation. Well, Jared posts a good question. He said, how did this dictatorship culture become part of the Federation in the first place? That was the funny thing about it is that even though that is a dictatorship, um, where, where's my notes on that? I had, yeah, this, uh, let me find it. Um, yeah, what we have here is more or less a dictatorship, despite the fact that they're in the, Federation having issues with, uh, we're not have it. It's because, um, of the, of the war that they had and the changes that happened with the son stepping in and the, and the father stepping back. They were, that's what allowed them to get in the Federation 
And then, so this is a very political story. Oh, so they, the, the Federation thought, Oh, everything's cool now. Yeah, pretty much. So they, yeah, they thought, okay, we can give them some support. And because it's so close in the neutral zone, they didn't want the Romulans to take over that area. Uh, I see. And expand the, the empire. And that's kind of what's going on here is that the Romulans are hoping to convince the, or to kind of make evident that they are in league with this, uh, this new ruling party that they will be expelled from the Federation. And of course they would just, uh, expand their, you know, the, the borderline. Right. All right. So, and by the way, the guy's name was, uh, uh, de Blasio. That's where blaze comes from. De Blasio is his name. Wasn't, wasn't he the mayor of New York? Uh, yeah. I'm confused. Yeah. He's also very busy. And Dorn so, is related anyway. to Michael Dorn. Yeah. Lieutenant so it's <clears throat> a good name. Yeah. So the Hadron, his dad, uh, refuses to, um, believe anything bad about a son. That's where Picard's trying to convince him to uh, kind of mm-hmm. step in. So hoping he can convince Hadron of the truth, Picard rescues. It's a war hero, Colonel Zagon, Zagral, excuse me. Another did you have a, did you a spreadsheet to keep all these names straight when you were I, reading? I should have, actually. <laughs> um, that he was trying to convince his old friend of what, uh, to kind of step, uh, the old, the war hero to step in and talk sense to Hadron. But while he was there, the captain return, uh, Picard returns, learns rather that the Romulans have a large force on Catral and are planning to assassinate Hadron, the dad, you know, so he can, they can kind of solidify their space in here. And, um, you know, so his dad wouldn't go, Oh, the Romulans are behind all that, you know, kind of thing. So there's that. So you got the Romulans got a force there and, um, and they're trying to kill off Hadron. So is this making sense so far? It is. So you've got so long time since I've written a book report. Right. So you're the this the 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 father you know, thought, oh my son, he's up to this task and he's a fine lad. Yeah. And he's gonna I'll put him in charge. And the son is not what the father thinks he is, but the father won't believe that. And now you've got this old war hero going, Hell, you know, you should listen to your old man. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So Let's switch gears and go back to Riker, LaForge, and Lieutenant Dorn. I'm sorry. As soon as I read that name, I was like, "Yeah, why would they?" <laughs> you didn't even try on that one. Didn't try. It is didn't a good know. name. Yeah. So they go. You know, in in the meantime, all this is going on. They go down and they meet up with. Uh, to, they're trying to infiltrate infiltrate Du Bois, uh, De Blasio's, uh, you know, pirate ship. Um, they meet up with, where's the name? Uh, there's a name in here. Uh, it's basically, a Kaput. <laughs> Did we lose Craig? Wait for it. Yeah, maybe. He froze. Well, maybe he is Kaput. So at this point, we'll make up the rest of the story. Yeah. All right. So we left off with uh, Riker and Lieutenant Dorn, if that is her real name, 
and Jordy trying to infiltrate the pirates. So my my guess is the first thing they have to do is they have to talk like pirates. And, and you have to wonder, is talk like a pirate day still, still a thing? thing? In the future? Sure. In the future. Uh, so that's that's confusing. But all right, so they're gonna they're gonna infiltrate, but Usually, if you're trying to infiltrate pirates, you got to do some things that are not cool, right? right you got to do some right. things that are like thieving and such. Well, sort of mirror universe like. Yeah, and it, it depends on how bad these pirates are because things can get pretty nasty with pirates. Yeah, they steal yeah. things off of my front porch. Well, no, that I mean, yeah, okay, that's yeah, they, but I, uh, a bit more than that. You know, they got the swords in it. Well, of There's, course, I don't know. There is a pirate night on the Star Trek cruise this year. Here, here, here I am having this image of the pirates and I'm going, yeah, that's exactly what they look like in there when they're on the planet. <laughs> they're just like actual pirates. Could be. Don't, don't think they actually are. Well, when Craig comes back, he can, he can write the, the, the put epitaph, us on the right track epitaph. on that part. <laughs> so it sounds like you've got, you've got two different kind of things going on here. Kind of an, action adventure i'm assuming is what's happening with uh riker and Jordy and uh lieutenant dorn um and then you've got political stuff going on with hey, I, hang on hang on so i'm sorry back up i just for some reason i looked over as i finished up my story and i saw that Streamyard said something went wrong yes well we filled in we filled in some story for you daddy hillcrest sure took it from here <laughs> yeah i'm sure you can do a better um, job all right, so where did I leave off? Where did I leave uh, off? That that Riker and Lieutenant Dorn and Jordy were trying to in were now gonna infl infiltrate the, the pirate band. Okay. So basically what way it works is they they got on the ship. You know, I mentioned that Riker was uh was a gunner. No, nope. and LaForge was actually helping fix the glory, uh -huh. which which well, act, which was that which was talents to use. So they were actually that that ship was actually attacking the Enterprise at one point, um, and other shipping, uh, you know, shipping lane ships. While they were while they while they were on it, yeah, they were they were on it, and mm -hmm. they were trying to fix it. So they were in a weird position. They're like, "Hey, we're supposed to be working on this ship, but uh, this isn't where we need to be. You know, this is not the right. You know, they were trying to slow down their work mm -hmm. to to keep the repairs. This sounds um, vaguely familiar when. Picard was posing as the, uh, the, 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 on that Raider ship as Galen. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. I want you so, to fire on the enterprise. Well, wait, so, wait, 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 let's not be too hasty. Right. Well, they ended up, uh, convincing, um, the blaze that his first mate was a spot Romulan spy. The, the, uh, the blaze was not the jerk that you would think he was. He is. Uh -huh. And actually killed the spy and ended up helping them and the Enterprise defeat the Romulan uh, force that was there. And that's how things turned around. Okay. So they, at first you think that the pirates are working with the Romulans. Um, were they at any yes. point? Well, that was a speculation by Picard and everybody because they thought, wow, why is this Constitution class ship upgraded with all these engines and a cloaking device, which is not designed wow. for this particular type of ship. Um, so that was the theory they were going on at first, but uh, I'm trying to remember, did they ever, 
I was gonna say, so where did they get the cloaking device from? That 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 Ferengi? Well, the spy, the eBay. Spy. Yeah, the oh, spy. Oh, ah, yeah. the spy. Okay. Ah, yeah. right, right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So the spy facilitated some of that stuff. Yep. All right. So, so they get, but you still have the son, who's a jerk or worse, in charge. Uh, how does his story get resolved? So the Romulan force was there and they were going to assassinate uh, Jadron, the father, mm -hmm. uh, to kind of keep from having some external force screwing up the, their their plans mm -hmm. and with make, making the uh, the Federation look like, uh, you know, realize that, oh, they're in league with each other with the Romulans. Um, so once that, once the Romulan force was taken care of, uh, then the Colonel and Jadron were able to straighten things out with the son. I see now that, now that he had like nobody that was his ally anymore or anything yeah. like that. He's like, Oh yeah, I can, I, I totally see where you're coming from, man. Yeah. I, I get it now. I get it. I get it. I yeah. totally get it now. Yeah. So there you go. That's how, and that's basically it. Um, Oh, by the way, <laughs> By the way, um, so with the glory's help, I'll read the last line I wrote here. Uh, with the glory's help, the Enterprise defeats the Romulan in space and thwarts General uh, Hadron's assassination. And the Blaze, and Blaze, excuse me, the, the Blaze, uh, was allowed to leave with his ship, the you know, the, the glory. Uh, but here's the kicker is that he must restrict his piracy to the Romulan space. <laughs> So fair's fair. Ah, uh, the triple solution. Right. Yeah. Throw the, so the throw the rats yeah. over the fence to the neighbor's yard. Right. So I hope I went through that right. I don't did it make sense as I was going through it? It did. For the most it did. No, okay. it, it it totally right. did. Uh, you know, I was so I, I take it that, you know, my take on what the uh the pirates look like was uh was not really accurate to what the story was. I'm thinking that the that they didn't look like actual pirates. Right. It's a book, they can look like anything you want. Okay. Yeah, I did I did look at a uh review and they 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 said uh DeBlaze was more of a Han Solo type pirate, you know, okay. and looking for an opportunity and so Soldier of Fortune type of Yeah, thing. Soldier of Fortune kind of thing. So uh that's why he wasn't the jerk that the enterprise thought he was going to be at first. Yeah. Well, cause there's no type of pirate here that we, we get a suggestion about here. Cause playing as a my, my as torrent. A torrent. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I don't know. I've got my pirate costume figured out. Yeah. A series but of I, ones and zeros, I guess. I will say this though. It was, it was fun to read once you got going. Uh, it was kind of a patron and I was, I kept going, I kept thinking it would be a good Star Trek episode mm. if it was made to one, uh, except for the politic part, you know, was kind of uh, what the Romulan stuff kind of would fill out a lot of that episode. So I don't know how well it would work, but, but I could see something like this being in an episode. Mm. Yeah. You have to truncate an awful lot of, you know, a lot of chopping down of that stuff, I guess. Yeah. So, it was worth it, and I'll go back and get us a, another uh, used book <laughs> from the bookstore. <laughs> I see what you did there, Clinton, chopping down. 
truncated. <laughs> yes. Um, de- that's more like detruncated, I suppose. Anyway. Yeah. You got any more right. questions about the book? Uh, no, I mean. It, Give it a rating. Give it a rating. One to ten. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pirates. Pirates, sure. Well, all right. Looking back on the last one I reviewed was just the one where they, I know, Chuck, you wrote it. You read it, rather, the where the they had ATMs and fast food restaurants American and stuff. Express, and, yeah. American Express, yeah. I think this one's a little more believable and it felt, felt like it really fit in with the characters that we know and the universe that we know of, you know, the next generation. So I'm going to give this, I would say, I would give this a eight. I think this could be a good, that's a good read. Okay. Got a questioner from listener, Diane saying uh was data not in the story or Riker? well Riker was one of the was with geordie and lieutenant dorn right yeah yeah data was in the story for a, a little bit at the be- especially at the beginning because Riker was like oh i didn't do my homework you know on this on the control um people so he asked data on the bridge hey tell me about the control and so you know data was giving him the Run around, uh, not run around. The, yes. uh, the <laughs> that would be bad. That would be bad. <laughs> filling out the details. So, um, so I thought he was going to be in this more than he was, but he did. He's he on wasn't. the cover. He's like he is on the cover. Secondary color. So is Picard. Well, the Forge and Riker were m- more in it than anybody else, right? Really. And and what was the other thing I wrote? Uh, they didn't really use any of the uh, a lot of the other characters like, um, uh. I don't know. They just Troy. didn't use any other characters. Yeah, Troy wasn't in there much. Um, Worf didn't seem to get much of a mention, or Beverly. Yeah, or, yeah Beverly um, wasn't in there much. So it was like, you know, it was okay. Uh, but it, as far as um, uh, filling out all the characters, it wasn't. It was kind of lopsided a little bit. Well, I'll, I'll we'll make up for that a bit. I'll, I'll just have there's an image of the of dancing Worf doctor. Beverly, yes, <laughs> she is Get dancing. There. She is. Look, they're doing a number in, in uh, sick bay. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good wharf. What are you using what? for these AI images? Yeah. They, his, his we'll his we'll talk offline about that. Wharf and okay. a triple and his uniform is a little off, but otherwise pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Getting it to make a triple was really interesting. <laughs> it's floating <laughs> yeah. too. Look at that. <laughs> the triple's floating in the air. Hover triple. It's on the wording that you go, oh, that's not what I said, but that's fun too. It's like yeah. when you discovered R2-D2 could fly. Yeah. But I will say this. I, I will. I will say this. It's fun, even though some of the there's a little bit of goofiness, like we talked about in the last book. But it's fun reading this because in my head, I start seeing, I see the characters, I hear them talking, you know, the voices mm-hmm. that I know. Oh yeah, and yeah. It, it's Good. fun to read these stories and go, oh, here's another story I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, and and go through it. And so I I really like going through these old books. Is what I'm basically the bottom line is. Right. The, the the tricky part is you always have to keep in mind that the novels are not canon. Yeah, and that's fine. They, they reset so that sometimes you go, well, that doesn't make sense with what happened. Well, the, first of all, the author didn't know that, it, you know, two series down the line, something was going to happen. Yeah, right. But also they're, you know, they're working on certain guidelines and and the people that are editing the books know that, okay, yeah, this isn't exactly 
fitting in with stuff, but it doesn't have to because it's not really. That's why there's the site you've got memory alpha, and then the the memory beta, which is more of the secondary canon stuff that's in novels and things like that. Yeah, yeah. If, if, well, it's like those Star Wars books. There's like thousand Star Wars books, but you know they're not necessarily canon either. But there are a lot of good reads. And that's kind of where I was fit in with this. So it was it was fun to read it because it did feel it did fit in in my head like kind of like an episode, mm-hmm. you know. And it was like, okay, this is fun. I'm revisiting these characters that I that I uh, I love, and um, so that's that's where the fun came in uh, reading this book. And the end of every chapter is a commercial break. <laughs> yeah, it, that was ridiculous. Let's all go to the lobby. Skip, skip, skip. That's right. All right. Well, I think it's thank you very much for that, Craig. And I hope I do as good of a job with with mine because I so far I haven't run into as many odd names. I'm <laughs> I'm hoping that it keeps that way. But yeah, it's Star Trek, so yeah, the apostrophe. So your your apostrophe must be completely worn out on your keyboard for just from typing the notes. I know. Yeah, it was. Well, by the way, look at our our names on the video. Chuck's got apostrophes in his name. And you got one too. (laughs) Just can't get, it's Trek. You can't get enough of them. All right. It's time to come back from our main mission then with an appropriate sound effect. There we go. Look at that. Nice. Very nice. And it's kind of like uh, pirates might use a bosun's whistle as well, I suppose as well. That's good. Or, Or this whistle. Well, Eric, I'm glad you're here, but we've got, to go out now on our warp speed roundtable, which is. I'm sorry. <laughs> My goodness. Everybody's pressing the buttons. Shouldn't have given them the sound effects. So go ahead. Give us the sound effect. I'm not touching anything. All right. And it's floating too. That's appropriate. <laughs> now, what we're going to do here is, as we said, uh, we don't know exactly when season five of Discovery is going to premiere. However, we have gotten the episode titles. And I've gone hmm. to a couple of different sites where I was pulling these lists and you know all the news stories I pull. And people have been speculating about what these stories mean just from the title, some of which are one word long. Right. Which is ridiculous. So therefore, I thought, let's do that, too. Um what so what I asked uh, Chuck and Craig to do? If it's is, ridiculous, it's got our name on it. Is to come up, uh, give them the list of all the the episodes, and I said, come up with what you think this episode is about. And when we talked about it, it's like, so you don't know anything about it. You're giving a review about it. it sounds like something Danny Hillcrest would do. So I asked Danny to come up with mine, and I will I will read. Danny's replies, uh, what he thinks each of these episodes is about. And then I'll read Donnie Breadcrust. (laughs) Yeah. All right. right. So who wants to go first with our first episode? Let me get my... uh, Episode one is titled Red Directive. And I can tell right away from the title, it has to do with red shirts. So this is where they officially (laughs) set down the law. Even though they're in the future, they set down the law that... Away missions must include one or more red shirts on them. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, why don't you go next, Craig? 
Uh, I'm also doing Red Directive. Yes, we'll do. We'll we'll do. Round what do you think Red Directive is about, Craig? I think. You, I don't know if I should say that. I'm not going to say. That. Was, was it? Did it do no. with the Red Angel? No. <laughs> the Red no, I, The Red Wedding from Game of Thrones. Yes, actually, that's what I was thinking of. So, yeah, there's a so book and Michael go to get married on the bridge, and there's a, there's a red wedding situation, and it doesn't quite happen work out the way they they hoped. Mm, that that's going to be unpleasant. Well, uh, Danny said, and I'll try to read it in Danny's voice if I can. Okay. Um, it's Hunger Games meets The Purge by way of internet memes when Starfleet discovers they haven't met their redshirts death count for over 900 years. Discovery has to send a tribute. I'm looking at you, Jetpack Reno. May the force field be with you. So that's that's what Danny thinks this episode is about. Sounds I just about right. don't I don't know if that's going to be true or not. All right, let's move on to the second episode. The uh, is titled "Under the Twin Moon." Same order? Or you want to reverse, or how do you want to handle yeah, we'll, this? Yeah, uh, we'll do the same order. Okay, same order. Oh, this is where the crew goes to Luke Skywalker's home planet. Of course. Mm. Oh wait, that was Twin Suns. Darn it! <laughs> twin Suns. <laughs> well, there could have been two moons. There we never c- saw it. There could have been two moons, <laughs> but then I'm starting to get into that. You know semi-adult, you know, explicit tag that we're going to need on this episode. Yeah, no, we don't, we don't want that. Uh, so I think we better move on to Craig's. To Craig. All right, so Under the Twin Moons is where the Binars meet up with um, with the, the ship Discovery, and they insult them by showing their butts uh, through the windows as they drive by. Okay, I see where you're going with that one. All right. <laughs> Crazy Joe was really close to it. Two crew members drop their drawers and show everyone their butts. <laughs> Under the well, Twin Moons. The binars the because there's two of them. Budget-friendly remake of Battle of the Binary Stars. Okay. And listener uh, Diane is going back to Red Directive. Burnham's mom comes back to head up the Red Angel Brigade or, or to reclaim go. the suit. <laughs> put him up. Put him up. All right. Danny says, in order to impress his new Vulcan girlfriend, Saru steals the discovery and tractor trailer beam drags one, not one, but two moons to the moon void world of Navarre, making it moon oversaturated. So that's uh, that's his idea of what under the twin moons is. All right, let's move on to number three, which is Janal. Now this this is I'm, I'm guessing this is somebody's name a proper name of somebody in yeah. the storyline. So they're going to meet this person, Janal, who is uh, very regal, but very um, obscure. So you don't really, you, you think you know who this character is, but it's not really what you think it is. And it turns out to be uh, a plot that just goes horribly wrong. And the crew goes, well, let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's good advice. that's just good advice they that's can't right all there. be winners <laughs> what right. about you craig for janal all right so i think that uh michael decides to take the crew out for a night out and when they go to the bar and they ask him what they have to drink it's gin all oh, you know they had everything. gin for everyone uh, <laughs> it's spelled j-i-n but that's <laughs> you know language morph. Over That's the how Morf- gen is spelled with a J. Don't you know that? In the future. Gen. 
Space gin. It's like sky gin. Well, it's all, all the gin is in the sky. Why do you have to call it sky gin? Anyway, uh, Danny says, this is clearly a name from a Temerian story slash phrase slash thing. The whole line is probably something like Janal and to somebody at the five below store. So, I Oh, know. hey, that's like Darmok and Jalada Tanagra. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Janal right. Gen- and Burnham at the dollar store. <laughs> dollar store. Okay, Janal, uh, books of uh, baby mama shows up asking for back child support. Ooh, my. <laughs> all right, we're going to make sure I'm catching all the chat because the it's chat is cr- crazy. Yes, Did you get crazy, Jones, here? I think the chat's doing a better job than we are. The new discovery menu at Denny's will have you have under the twin moons over my hammy. <laughs> mm, now that's good eating <laughs> should i had joe on the show instead of me <laughs> all yeah. right let's go to episode number four face the strange oh this is easy this is where they came and asked us to be on the show <laughs> it's like face the nation only <laughs> with the topic is track ah i see let's see uh we've got one in here from the end can somebody read that it's like a uh, Khan from the alternate uh, timeline <laughs> enters through a portal, but he looks like Dr. Strange until he just doesn't see it. <laughs> uh, listener Diane stole my, my thing. I was going to say, this is where, uh, you know, Dr. Strange, uh, this is the title for the next Dr. Strange movie. Well, great minds think alike because Danny, well, well and simple minds have obvious thoughts. Don't yeah, forget that part. Because <laughs> Danny says, now that Sir Patrick Picard has appeared in a Marvel Doctor Strange movie, everyone in Star Trek wants a piece of that sweet Sarah Stanley cinematic universal pie. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be this uh, Doctor Strange crossover episode. Okay. Hey, if you can, if, if Strange New Worlds can make a musical, why not? Why not? All right. Let's move on to. Mirrors, episode five. This is a tough one because it's only one word. Mm-hmm. So my first thoughts were the mirror universe, but that would be too obvious because we've done that so many times. It's becoming a trope. So this is where all the crew members, whenever they look in a mirror, they see something other than what they expect. And the whole crew just kind of goes bonkers but no one's willing to speak up at first because you know they'll think you're crazy if you look in the mirror and say uh i saw I, roasted ham in the mirror i see dead people <laughs> right, all right. Uh, kind of a creepy episode all right yeah what about uh, sort of a black mirror type of episode that's, <laughs> that's I was this is the crossover episode with black mirror there you go <laughs> that's all i got i'm sorry that's it yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Danny says, people think that this is a mirror universe story. Nah, somebody realizes we only see about two mirrors in all of Star Trek. So Detmer and Awashikun go on a landing and shopping party to Mirror World, which is an actual world that only sells mirrors. Yay. That's where Trelane got it. Mm. Okay. We've got another. I, by the way, I don't know why this popped in my head as a Fleetwood Mac album. With mirrors? Oh, yeah, I don't those, like rumors? Yeah. I don't know why that just popped in my head. Okay, Crazy Joe says, I think Dirk Benedict is guest starring uh, as an old A-team character face <laughs> and gets reunited with Barclay, who looks like Murdoch. Strange. Face the strange. 
That was a stretch there, Joe. I'm going to admit. <laughs> Long walk, part of gift. Okay, let's move and on. By the way, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about Doctor Strange, and when he said Dirk Benedict, I was thinking, why would uh, you know Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch? Cumberbatch? No. <laughs> You're getting your Benedict Arnold's mixed up there, buddy. Yeah. yeah. It's your egg Benedict from, from Denny's. <laughs> Moons okay. over my oh. hammy and eggs Benedict. I'm getting hungry right. on this show. Let's move on to episode six then. Whistle speak. Ah, uh, whistle speak. That's the train stop on the way to Illinois. So they go back in time and they're on an old train and they enter a town called Whistle Speak. I'm leaving it there because that's where the trailer ends. Feels like an old Twilight Zone episode. Could be. Uh, Could okay. be based on that, but Star Trek has been known to borrow. Mm-hmm. What about you, Craig? Uh, this is where, uh, you know, the presidents used to go on trains and they would stop and do whistle speaks. So, you know, at each town <laughs> as they're campaigning to, for president. It's a whistle stop. It's a whistle speak. Whistle speak. Okay. Yeah. Or a speakeasy yeah. where they blow the whistle. And- and uh, Danny says, and, and Chuck, have your finger on the button for this one. And you can tell the obvious effect coming up here. At last, a language that Zora can't translate. The only problem is Zora is the one who was whistle speaking. What do you think about that, Eric's? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Oh, got anybody Danny on got two Eric's comments at the same time. Yes. Are we, are we done yet? <laughs> oh, we're only halfway through. I don't know. The, I, the, 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 the crowd here in the chat is loving this, so I don't know. Uh, what do we got? Mirrors, uh, the bridge crew member played by Sarah Midich, begins having flashbacks to being Arium. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. And okay. Joe says, oh, I see what you did there. Dirk yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Faceman Strange. <laughs> Faceman Strange. Weird. Strange. Okay. Strange man face. All right. Now, episode seven. Eriga. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. I don't know, but uh again, one word, proper name. Wasn't that uh Hagrid Spider's name? No, that was Aragog. Uh <laughs> Eriga. The, oh, he was the man who became king in Lord of the Rings. No. I'm 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 not going anywhere with this. Please, Craig, help. Tag, okay. tag, tag, you're it. I thought he was the big, uh, the big guy that was befriending the kids in Harry Potter. Hagrid? No, that was Hagrid. I'm sorry. That's almost an anagram for Hagrid. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that was that's the puzzle. Pretty, that was pretty pretty creepy oh, for you, Craig. My dyslexia is kicking in. That's, that's what part, of that, part of the artifact. You 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 change the pieces around it. That uh, reveals that. Well, Danny says Peter Jackson directed this episode that finds Captain Burnham and company transpond transported into the Lord of the Rings bundle of trilogies facing the evil forces of Eriga. Side note, Jackson had to cut this episode down from its original nine hour run. So wow. Yeah. Eriga is also known as Star Strider. Oh, there's a, see if you can follow that path over to another podcast. Okay. We've got another comment about, uh, let's see. Well, we got a a bunch of Eriga. There we go. Put them up, put them up. All right. Got this first one here. Uh, Erega Saru's wedding is Saru's uh, wedding here, is here, and the Klingon I, it's too small oh, for me. And the screen, Klingon so. caterer has provided a delicacy with psychotic side effects. <laughs> wow, all right, let's Ooh, my, on mushrooms. the sound the crew starts making after getting triple fur stuck in their throats after the dinner special. 
Oh, it says more like Aragach. Okay. Uh, ah, there you go. I like that. Click on the Aragach. Aragach is an imp from the fifth dimension who has to be tricked into saying Hagar is named backwards to be defeated. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe we see why Discovery is ending. Okay, let's go to episode number eight, Labyrinths. Oh, yes. I love a good David Bowie episode. Don't you? <laughs> The end. Yeah, Craig? (laughs) In this episode, directed by Jim Henson, 16-year-old Sarah is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother Toby when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King, Jareth. There's a lot of puppetry in this episode. Mm. Yeah. So Danny says, you might think this is about that David Bowman, Jim Henson movie, (laughs) or about the hedgehog maze in The Shining. Nope. It's about a Star Trek fan caught in a web of reconciling Trek canon. So there we go. That's oh, like uh, move along home. Fit. Yeah, gotta <laughs> oh, gotta figure out how that possibly fits into canon. Gotta, it's, I just it's the discovery version the of move hole. along home. Lemon yeah. meringue count to three. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> All right, we gotta move quickly because we're on to. Episode yeah. nine, Lagrange Point. I didn't think this was going to be as fun as it was. <laughs> <laughs> is it Lagrange Point or is it Lagrange Point? Well, exactly. If you ask ZZ Top, it's Lagrange. <laughs> Man, you keep stealing my material. <laughs> Craig, we have been working together way the flip too long. Hey, I think uh, Lagrange Point. When I think I hiked there once. And that is where the James Webb Space Telescope is out at Lagrange Point number two. There you go. In case you didn't know, this is a real thing. It's like where the gravity in of one body balances out the other, and you can create a stable orbit without any. I'm sorry, this is a science fiction podcast. Not Danny says. I actually looked up what a Lagrange point is and couldn't make nose cone or a stabilizer fin sense out of it. So I'm going to guess it involves Lieutenant Rees saying, what is the point Lagrange? Or it's the second part of the story that's about the short trek Calypso. One or the other. Oh, Lagrange point. Tilly performs a stakeout to discover why cadets are going missing after trips to a local lover's lane. Oh, I love Police Academy. Yeah, uh, yeah, the sound effects are going to be off the charts with that episode. (laughs) That was the warp drive. Oh, wait, Crazy Joe had one, the sequel to Mirrors. It's a funhouse planet with a mirror maze. Saru keeps walking into the something. (laughs) That would be funny to watch Saru just keep walking into something. I told you, it's Mirror World. All all they have are mirrors. All right, and we're coming up to the last, I feel like this is like, on Johnny Carson, I have the last title. Aren't we all glad? <laughs> yeah. It is Life Itself. Ah, uh, well, since this is the ultimate, the final episode of the final season, I'm going to go with Life Itself is the title of the episode where everybody dies. Ooh, wow. Wow. Gee. Hey, put this you on wish, the prediction episode. You we did. One person dying. Now everybody's dying. Nope. Take them all. Yeah. Oof, wow. I hope I hope yours is a bit cheerier there, uh, Craig. Yeah, I think this is the episode where they actually walk around the ship and just water the plants to make sure that <laughs> they stay alive. 
And Saru's got a lot of them. So yes, he does. They spend a lot of time in his room. Why don't yeah. they have an arboretum and put them all there? I don't know. They have one on the Enterprise. Yeah. All right. So Danny says, inspired by the Bohemian Space Rhapsody episode of Strange New Worlds, this will be a disco musical all about that classic song, Star Trekking by The Firm. It's life itself. <laughs> but no time to explain it. I heard that we're canceled. Let's fly like an eagle and warp on out like a wet piece of plywood. So that's that's what Danny thinks. Is, that's Charlie, awesome. with Jared's final words there, we have nothing left to live, but life itself. There's nothing left to fear, but fear itself. Uh, Crazy Joe says the new navigator Ensign Lagrange only stands on the bridge and points in the right direction. <laughs> you could use you could press the buttons. No, no, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna point. Yeah. Sure, sure, it's easy when you're sitting at home writing comments in the chat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> armchair quarterbacks, armchair uh, podcasters. <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody. That was a lot of fun. It was yeah. it was very very good uh, suggestions on that one. Well, if this comes up again, we will do this again. Oh, I want to predict what Strange New Worlds is coming up. No, you don't. Well, not we'll, this episode. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Yeah. All right. And it's uh, it's about time to refill the lithium chamber and warp on out of here. But first, it's easy a, for uh, you to say. I know it's not. And nothing's easy. <laughs> it's it's like it's like humidity levels. I think I think uh, checking. It's like humidity level zero in this room. So it's just like that. that, oh, that yeah. uh, uh, Let's see. Look, I've got the. Uh, there we go. So, just a uh, upcoming schedule of shows, and they're going to be a bit sporadic due to travel and whatnot. So, on February eighth, that's going to be our next episode, and the book I'm going to be reviewing is Star Trek Voyager: The Murdered Son by okay. Christy Golden, which I'm assuming is a pen name, but you never know. All right, Chuck. And what What is this book about? <laughs> the Murdered Son. Oh yeah. well. <laughs> Back in the so, old yeah. days, if you had a, a a girl, they were thrown in the river because no, you know all the guys S-U-N, wanted U N. Oh, old oh, murdered son. Oh, I got it. So Q comes along again. <laughs> I was snaps I was his Q. finger. Yeah, and 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 the sun goes out so that he can divert the ribbon to Viridian Three. I, I what? No, that's no, <laughs> that's that's all sorts of wrong. Right. Let's. Let's move on. On yeah. um, on March 7th, Chuck and Craig will be back from the latest Star Trek cruise with a report. We'll be all nice and tan, right, Chuck? I don't plan on getting tan. Or we'll, That's bad or we'll still be skin. white and pasty like we are today. Of course. <laughs> on March 21st, uh, that's when uh, Chuck's book review will be. Um, and then April 4th. Again, possibly the Star Trek Discovery premiere. We don't know for sure. And the backup plan is to do a Star Trek stuff that we have show and tell. Or we'll and just I pred- sing you. I predict what- that Star Trek Discovery will come out on tax day to make us all feel better. Is that is the 15th of Thursday? It's called the Red Directive. It won't make us feel better. Yeah. Uh, no, but it can, come, it can come out on the 11th. That's the closest we get to tax day before everybody's crying because they've already had to pay their the tax. red directive where all the guys come out and say no one expects the spanish inquisition mm. so many possibilities okay that was a strange segment that seemed to oddly work really well but we should have saved that one for dragon con darn it yeah 
it's <laughs> right now it's time to hit the theme boys that's, and that's to right. warp on out of here. But before we hit the theme, yes, you can find me Clinton at comedy forecast, all one word with the number four.com and check for me on the social media platform of your choice. I'm probably there someplace who speaks for you guys. Chuck does. Okay. Oh, I'll... either one. I don't matter. Anyway, was so delegation can... by finger pointing. Yeah. I see that now. <laughs> Now you can find Chuck and myself uh, on te- the Technorama podcast and you can search Google for Technorama podcast and you will find us. And uh, but we're, we're pretty much on every platform you can find uh, any podcast on. So there you go. Okay. And now it's time to hit the theme boys. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend about it and subscribe. So you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on X, visit our Facebook page, or visit thetopicistrek.com. Until next time, on behalf of Chuck, Craig, and myself, I'm Clinton, thanking you for listening. And as we always say here on The Topic is Trek, don't, don't live long and long. Oh, yeah. Don't put on the red shirt. Sh- shirt. Wow. 152 <laughs> episodes. He still oh, have. crap. I'm screwed. <laughs> That's why I was going with the live long and prosper. They're fun.